Guys, it's Christmas morning. Let's go see what presents we got. I got a Christmas puppy on DVD. I got a Christmas puppy on Laserdisc. Very sad hours later, uh, here we are to tape a very special episode of A Talking Cast. Uh, this, uh, this Christmas morning, we are discussing the, uh, the David Dicotou, um, is a magnum opus? Can I say a magnum opus? A really big opus? <laughs> uh, a Christmas wouldn't... puppy. This was a movie. I am, <laughs> I am here with Andrew Schwartz. Hello, hello. And Joshua Hollis. Hello. And I am the improbably named Park Parkinson. <laughs> so uh, I'll ask the first blank question, then we'll move into our synopsis. What did you guys think about the movie? I hated it so much. <laughs> this was like the opposite of enjoyment. It was just a slog to get through. Josh, how would you say? How would you say this is compared to um, uh, a talking cat? Well, I think, and obviously we'll get into it, but I think the the greatest uh, problem with this movie is its title and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely talk about that. But I, I think that maybe a talking cat is a little stranger than this movie. This movie seems very sort of safe as weird as that sounds to apply that label to, to something like a talking cat, which is basically a very safe family movie, but a Christmas puppy doesn't really do much with whatever I was thinking it was going to be. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I would definitely prefer A Talking Cat to this, but I think A Christmas Puppy is maybe a slightly better made movie. Of the, of the three Deco 2 movies that that I've seen, 
this one, the Halloween one, and the talking cat. I thought this was directed the best. That is suggesting something I don't want to say is true, that it's a good movie, but it's the best of these three in terms of um, like production values and the way shots were blocked. Yeah, it almost seems like you're watching a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a movie. It's That's the problem, though, is I, I think, and I don't want to get too far ahead as far as, uh, you know, thought, but but I definitely think that this never quite verges into the sort of insane bad territory that yeah. uh, a magic puppy and a talking cat do. Like, this is, this is more bland bad than, like, oh, this movie's so crazy. Like, there's not enough here to recommend, like, you should definitely sit down and watch all of this because there's crazy stuff that happens throughout. There's maybe a couple of scenes that you are sort of on the edge of, of recommending, but overall there's not enough insanity there to really make it worth a recommend. Yeah. I had, I had a list, I had a list of predictions that I, things I thought I would see in this movie based on the other two that I've seen. And I want to go through a couple of those. And if you guys have any things that you were thinking we're expecting to chime in, chime in and then we'll, We'll talk about the movie, then we'll circle back and see which one of these were, were fulfilled. So the, the first thing I was assuming is that it would be a dog and not a puppy. <laughs> that there no. would be a dog. Because that was I was fooled the last time. I thought there was going to be a puppy. I was, I was ready for this time. It's not going to be the puppy on the box. I think, fact, I, I, think the rule, I think the rule with these movies is whatever age the animal appears to be on the cover, just age it up by, like, at least five years. <laughs> yeah, I, I was assuming old to decrepit. I was assuming there would be some grumpy teenagers and a sort of mixed cast of has-beens and never-wases with a few unknowns, that there would be a terrible score with some goofy-ass sound effects, <laughs> and that the, the, that the puppy, the dog, would speak, I, uh, that uh, we wouldn't see it for a long time. That my one true love, Christine DeBell, would play a role at some point, and that there would be some awkward romance, some really badly written romantic scenes, some really awkward conversations about hooking up or getting together, where usually the guy, I think, is entirely clueless. That's just based on the other Deco 2 movies I've seen so far. Well, I would say that we should change your name to Nostradamus then, because most of that was pretty accurate. <laughs> we, a lot of saw. those things, yeah. Um, oh, and I, I also, did I say, I was assuming we would find the porn house. That we would, this would also be filmed in the same porn house that appeared in the other movies. I think that's a good You almost think it isn't, game. but then they pull a little trick on you, like, th- uh, half of the way through the movie. You're like, oh, no, no, this is where you're in for the whole movie. Uh, this starts in a different house. Although, and- let's let's be clear. It's definitely filmed in the same house. We just ne- – because we never see – I don't think we see any other part except for a hallway. his bedroom, right? We like, see a hallway see and a bedroom. Exterior, so I'm sure that they just filmed it in another room. And That's then- true. It's, it's quite possible. But it, <laughs> it begins in what we – Assume to be another we location. Assume to be another location. But it's quite possible that it's the same – it's the same porn house. It's our hero – is Hero the right? He looks like a mixture between uh, Riley from Buffy and Jake Gyllenhaal. I saw a uh, young Ike Barinholtz as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he is being uh, woken up by his mother, who is um, uh, Marsha from Brady Bunch. Oh, no. So my first thought was, I, 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 now we'll know what 
now, now I know what uh, what Ben Stiller's wife will look like in another few years if they if they keep pace. And then she chides him for not having the Christmas spirit. He goes to bed and he meets a Christmas spirit played by I can't recall her name now, but she Vanessa, was Vanessa Angel. Vanessa Angel, thank you. Uh. She, she was the she was the genie on Weird Science, the TV show Weird Science. And then she makes him wear an elf costume. Well, what's <laughs> weird about this is the bedroom he's in. It's the most bare bedroom I've ever seen in my life. He has no anything on the wall. It's no wallpaper, no color. It's just blank walls. So Christmas lights that are hung up, even though he doesn't care about Christmas. Yeah, that was my it, biggest problem, was that he was like, I don't like Christmas. Christmas spirit's dead. And I was like, why does your room have Christmas lights all over it then? Andrew, I think you might have just hit on, I couldn't understand, but why it seemed like every scene was about to break into a porn. <laughs> it's something about the bareness of the rooms mixed with the awkwardness of conversation that just says, any minute, someone's going to take their pants off. And this is going to start, you know, music will begin playing. You missed a really big thing, I think, at the very beginning. We have the cutesy voiced narration that sort of sets up the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yes, yeah, so before everything else starts, we have a narration where um, characters aren't introduced, but just... It's a I thesis think it's statement. supposed to be sweet, but it's actually very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> a very creepy voice, kind, kind of whispering talks about the importance of Christmas and I, I it's like trying to be kitty too it's like <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a serial killer imitating a child <laughs> the and, that, I got. and the problem is is that that is introduced at the beginning and then we do not hear it again until the very end of the movie it well, is it's not Dakota. a continuous there's, there's one there's one other is spot there? yeah one other spot about 20 minutes in oh when when I'm, uh. I'm gonna call him Jim Gyllenhaal. Um, when when Jim gets to uh, I can't remember his name. When is Jim Riley, is it Riley? Yeah, Riley. Oh, that also fits. When when Riley gets to the other house because the Christmas spirit directed him to go and save this other family, to bring the Christmas spirit to them. Um, as you know, it's like really sounds like her job. Um, that seems a little shady. He goes over to the house and. Uh, then for a while, we get sort of a guided tour of the house, guided by the this disembodied voice. Oh, yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. And she's like, and here's Allie. She's kind of a bitch. And here's <laughs> the dad. He's doing his work and not pitching to his family. And then there's the mother. And, she, and then, you know, we get introduced to the to the people. And they're all bad people. They only get like two, three minutes introduction each. So we have to like listen to this for like six minutes. Just nonstop narration. And they're just, yeah. like, not doing much. They're, like, working on taxes or whatever. She's, like, trying to write something, and she's just in her bed, like, moping around. It's like... No, but that's very fitting, because, in fact, none of them do anything for the entire movie. <laughs> Nothing happens so in this movie at all. Nothing. Like, this is, yeah, let's lay on the table right now. Nothing. This movie, nothing ha This is a... This is a sitcom episode, like a like a bottle episode for a sitcom for Christmas that has been stretched out to like eighty eight minutes, <laughs> and it's absolutely terrible. Um, every shot goes like lingers for like five seconds too long, and there's no other locations. Once we get to this house, it's all inside the porn house. 
because it's raining and that has somehow trapped them inside. <laughs> oh, it's also some of the gates being closed. Yeah, the gate was broken or something, and so they couldn't get. There was no way for them to get out. And what does this make sense? Because Riley got in, except despite the gate being broken, Riley got in, and yet they can't manage to get out. Yeah, well, he broke and entered. Wall. Yeah, like, and it wasn't even that tall of a wall from what what we could see in the movie. Like, it, it looked sort of like a leveled. Uh, hill, and he just sort of walked down. And then yeah, there's like a like a three foot <laughs> drop, and then like another three foot drop. Next yeah, and just fine. He could get over that. It's not a big deal. Like it's not like if someone had a heart attack in there, the paramedics would not be outside the gate going, "Nope, oh, too bad. I guess they're gonna die." <laughs> he tried. <laughs> there's a whole. There are two different three foot drops. We can't, you know, we can't make it over there. And I mean, once they're in the house, I'll toss you the intubation too. So like, once they're in the house, they pretty much don't leave. The entire the entire rest of the movie until yeah the we spent pretty much the whole rest of the movie the, yeah the very end like, someone leaves and comes back but the cameras stay there <laughs> no we we are we are prisoners in this house the characters are saying the Rainer director's choice well we the are characters prisoners. are saying uh, oh we're not trapped in here you're trapped in here with us yeah <laughs> that's why I think that like the the opening scene with him and his mom is probably filmed there the scenes where he's talking to. Uh, the grandmother on the phone is probably filmed in another location of the house. You think she they filmed just, that? That's that's in reality too. I think in the movie, she just lives in the basement. They call it Michigan. But you don't think just, they filmed on location? Yeah, they they flew to Michigan for five minutes of film. Uh, oh, we, we should uh, we should definitely get back to the when the early scene when he's he's talking to his mom and talks about how he doesn't like Christmas and he says the line about how he's because she works all the time, he's been alone for more holidays than he's been alive. Yeah, Something that's like not that. possible. <laughs> that's what not that possible. <laughs> like, what holidays? Is he just referring to Christmas? That's what I think. It, it comes off as if he's been alone for more Christmases than he's been alive, but maybe he means every holiday that's celebrated throughout a year, in which case... I think that we've all probably celebrated more holidays than years we've been alive. So uh, I don't think he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> so. But I mean, translate that into any other unit of like, I've been al- I've been alone for more years than I've been alive. I've been alone for more days than I've been alive. Like if th- that doesn't make any sense. That, that <laughs> it, even un- unless you consider being in the womb. To be alone, which I would disagree with, and then every Christmas after that, he was also alone. But you know, who's going to leave a one-year-old baby alone for a whole day? So no, I just think he's full of shit. And yeah. So and it was a weird thing to say. Well, then yeah, he says strange. like in response to this, uh, the magic mom, it's dead. <laughs> he's the most. I mean, I, I I was a cynical asshole when I was seventeen too, but. But he carries it to a, a bizarre level. And yet is weirdly okay with magic being real. Vanessa Angel shows up in his bedroom and makes him wear an elf costume. And, like, that would blow my mind. Like, <laughs> I was hoping he would have had to wear the elf costume for the rest of oh the Oh, my God. That would be a much better movie. <laughs> that was punishment. Believe in the magic of Christmas or I'll dress you like a moron. <laughs> And I'll make you wear that all goddamn day. <laughs> the, the best part of that was was at the end when uh, when his mom comes in and uh, is surprised to see him in the elf costume and asks if he got a job. No, at no, 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 no. She's not surprised. Oh, she's not. Surprised. She talks to him for like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then notices. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, are you 
Did you change into an elf costume or something? He says something about, like, he got a job at the mall, and it was like, when? Because you just talked to your mom last night before you went to bed, and now you're waking up in bed in your uniform. Well, to be fair, he's getting it fitted. Before you fell asleep was talk to her, and you were not wearing an elf costume. So those are your pajamas, and don't pretend different. And talked about how much you hated Christmas. So why would you go and voluntarily put on an elf costume? Well, to be fair, he's getting fit for fitting. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like I just I change into this to you know to to go for my elf costume fitting, but then I fell asleep again. That's the most plausible. But yeah, he's weirdly okay with like all of this stuff. Like, oh yeah, there's a Christmas spirit. Uh, I'm giving given and, instructions and, she, and fortune cookies. That yeah, was, that was the weirdest sort of method of. Of because those do pop up a little bit throughout the movie, and it's like, yeah, there are a couple why, of why, why, why fortune cookies? What is it about fortune cookies? Why is it not? It's a Christmas movie, so why is it not a Christmas ornament that you can open, and there's a message inside it, or there's a message on a Christmas ornament, or something? Well, I think the answer is um, fortune cookies are very cheap, <laughs> and they could pretend they say whatever they want. We can get lunch and a prop at the same time. <laughs> I probably what happened is they just ordered Chinese food on the set one day, yeah. and then they, they stacked up the cookies, and that was how they, you know, that was their prop. So, so he gets his fortune cookie directions to go over to this other family and give them the spirit of Christmas, and at the same time attain for himself the spirit of Christmas, well, like you do. What bothered me was, didn't she say you have many families to go visit to give them the Christmas spirit, but then he just stays with his family the whole movie? I don't remember that. That's not, that's even even if even if that is the case, and maybe maybe even if it was only this one family. My question is why this family? Why? I mean, if that's the case, that he does have many families to because they're white work with. <laughs> <laughs> why show this one? Or if it's only this family, then why this well, one no, I, family? <laughs> I have a theory, but it's at the end because it it. So this is, uh, this is obviously kind of a, I got you. a Christmas Carol knockoff. Oh right? yeah. I mean, if there's a Christmas spirit comes and tell, but a Christmas Carol, it makes sense why Christmas spirits, why God would want to change the heart of this one jerk because this one jerk is like the richest dude in town. Yeah, and it's change his mind. It will make life better for everybody. So I have a theory as to why this was, but I I, I want to get into it later. Okay, so, well, so, well, we do need to go back to one thing that I, I definitely notice a lot in bad movies, and it kind of it, it always stands out to me whenever a bad movie mentions something better than itself. So in her in his conversation with Hope right at the beginning when she shows up out of nowhere, yeah. she mentions or he mentions I can't remember who mentions it, but somebody mentions Charlie Brown Christmas. And yes. it always stands out to me whenever a bad movie references something better. Uh, the most egregious uh, instance of that, and I, we, we refer to it our, in, in our house, our joke is, can you doppel me into that? In, uh, <laughs> in episode, oh, yes. In the, in the MST3K episode, uh, um, uh, Overdraw the Memory Bank, they reference Casablanca, like, a lot. I mean, yeah, like, very basically, yeah, the whole, like, last, I don't know, two-thirds of the movie for a while, like, they're living in a kind of a Casablanca land. For yeah, they're at Rick's bar. Yes, and so, A, I thought, was the, Roll Julia would make an okay uh, Rick, but 
mostly just thinking like, oh, Jesus Christ, I wish I were watching Casablanca right now. And yeah, the whole time I was thinking like, oh, this, this music is also a little bit like the Christmas, the Peanuts movie music, only shitty. At the rich porthouse, the, the, the tree looks like one of the bad Christmas trees, like the, it's, like it's all metal. <laughs> yeah. Um, like it's clearly the, the Christmas tree of a family that does not have the spirit of Christmas. It's, it's not a very, it's not a very attractive tree at it's all. It's like a white plastic tree with shiny bits of garbage on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did like when he shows up outside the house and he finds the other fortune cookie and he it's like right before he's talking he's talking out loud to himself saying oh why am i doing this or what am i going to do here oh i'm oh i wonder if this fortune cookie is going to tell me or this house is where i need to be and then he finds the fortune cookie and you know tells him yes but he caught i kind of actually liked the moment where he sort of called himself out about talking out loud to himself I was like that's like the one smart thing that i felt like this movie did where it sort of lets the characters say what I'm doing here is really dumb. <laughs> Why am I doing it? And then just and then can keep doing the dumb. I thing. got really bothered by that. <laughs> yeah. It was just so on the nose and just trying to be like, you know what? We realize this movie's kind of wacky and weird. We're just having fun with it, you know. <laughs> like, take yourself <laughs> seriously, God. You embarrassment. <laughs> well, then after afterwards, and, and again, this is this is well, also felt like it was meant to be a porn scene. Um, he's he's caught. Like you would catch a burglar, he's caught, kind of breaking into their like their yard. I guess breaking into their yard, creeping into their yard, by the mother of the house, um, Winnie, and she just takes him inside and totally believes him when he says, "Oh yeah, I'm a friend of your daughter." Just takes him inside, chats with him awkwardly for like an hour, and <laughs> well, the uh, whole premise of him getting into the house is just so creepy. Like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he falls down. Like at first, she sees him. Then is upset, or she's like, "Oh, there's." She's very shocked because there's some dude that she doesn't know crawling in, <laughs> crawling through her backyard. Then he falls down and hurts himself, and she freaks out because he hurt himself and runs out and is like, "Oh, let me help you!" And then puts a band aid on him, and it's just like, "Why are you letting this trespasser into your house?" Yeah, he just. She has no way of knowing who he is or that he – like if this were if, – if some person came over and was like, oh, yeah, I know someone in your house, I would say, oh, well, let me get that person so they can confirm that you're not just a crazy person off the street. Let me get the person who you say you know. They'll confirm that you should be here. And then if they don't know you, I will know to call the police or you know, push you out of the house or something. But she just – let's just chat for a while. I'll get my daughter whenever. And they they go to like her study or reading room or something, and just sit and talk for a while and read books because she is a we learn she's a children's author. Oh, my favorite part of the movie. And and she has written books like um, the littlest werewolf, and then the littlest something else, the littlest monster, the littlest vampire, whatever, whatever. I, I and it say- was then that I realized. This is David Dikatu's Mary Sue. This is David Dikatu. This is his character, I think. And these are her, you know, th- this is her, like, uh, a Halloween puppy books. <laughs> nice. 
The one thing I will say about those books is they looked more like right-wing pamphlets than children's books. <laughs> they were just like pieces of paper with cardboard covers stapled yeah, to them. And, like, they the looked cheapest, like self-published books. They did the not cheapest, look like they're... laziest-looking things. And like her publisher needed another book. It's like There's no illustration just... on the front. There's just, it's just a blank cover with the littlest werewolf written across and kind of you know, I'm kind of uncomfortable with the that. idea of children read a book called Lewis Werewolf because werewolves eat people. They're like, <laughs> and they transform from neural humans to werewolves and they just, you know, chow down on whatever they see. So not for kids, lady. <laughs> I am, as a, as a, as a father, I am okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that reading material. But they just looked, they didn't even attempt to make something halfway like I, I think at one point we see a cover of one of them and it's just the the crappiest clip art cover it, like it is it, it is is just a a like a light blue book cover that says the littlest it looks like a proof it looks like something <laughs> you would get from the publisher to go through and make sure there's no there you know you would edit and it's it, it made me have a whole new respect for the first edition of the Iliad <laughs> <laughs> in, in the boy next door, because at least there, like they made a book that looked like you know, it wasn't a scroll or anything, but yeah. it looked like a bo- looked like, like a, a book. Copy, yeah, it looked like an old copy of a book. You know, right before they have the conversation about the littlest werewolf, she comes back to find that Riley has done something to their tree, has made it pretty, and it looked like to me all he had done is basically plug it in. <laughs> So I don't really know. Oh, he put ornaments he did on the niche. Did he? Because I, I, I didn't even I, notice. Like a big bow on the t- on the kind of on the top or something. All I realized that it was glowing red. Now <laughs> it just looked like he made that tree look very evil. It looks <laughs> like it was the kind of tree that has the lights already inside that you just plug it in. Yeah, like it comes with lights attached to it. Yeah, that's a sweet kind of tree. <laughs> so what, the laziest tree. Is this the point too, where they sit around and start howling after they read the? Yeah, so the there's the littlest werewolf, and and he insults her other books and says they're all crap. Littlest <laughs> <laughs> werewolf is the only good one, and and then they they howl for a while, and that's when the daughter walks in, who is a jerk. Yeah, she's um, an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> she seems like a monster the whole movie, and she gets like no comeuppance for anything. Like, yeah, I saw my mom's credit card one time. <laughs> <laughs> she was banned from the internet once we learned the ebay incident <laughs> yeah how does that even happen like unless a judge does that she was one of the characters in the in the awesome 90s movie hackers like she got banned from the internet <laughs> yeah she hacked the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she confronts riley because obviously she knows that she does not know him and uh but she thinks that someone that she, someone else she knows at school set him up or set her up and he's supposed to go there and make an ass out of himself which will somehow embarrass her i guess and <laughs> film it all which she th- she's con- she's convinced he's taping this with his cell phone that's in his pocket which also looks like an old flip phone so yeah. for a myriad of reasons that is not realistic and then she um she makes him agree to uh, play at uh, pretend to be her boyfriend, and then she'll use that to make her parents feel bad or be embarrassed. That's or, that's a thing that comes up, but then never really plays out. She like, does it like one time, s- but then she like stops it immediately. Yeah, I don't think she ever yeah. really says. Does she ever really come out and say to her parents that this is her boyfriend? No, I don't even remember. 
like once kind of before dinner, but then she becomes infected with the Christmas spirit. Somehow. <laughs> which which, <laughs> which uh, brings her to force Riley now, instead of trying to be her boyfriend, she's going to, in this very elaborate plot, she's going to get him to t- steal her dad's credit card and then call her grandmother and get her grandmother, use the credit card to buy her grandmother a plane ticket to come and visit them, and that will save Christmas. This is the most elaborate scheme. Yeah, because it involves, they have to make the dinner, everybody's like, they're going to dump a lot of spice into it. They have like a like a jar of sriracha and chili powder. hot sauce and chili powder. Yeah, and they're going to put all this stuff in it, and that will make her father sneeze uncontrollably, because that's <laughs> what he does when he eats spicy food. And then while he's sneezing uncontrollably, um, he's supposed to go and take her father's wallet and use and then call her grandmother and also the airline, I guess, and buy a plane <laughs> ticket. And then, and then call they call their grandmother and tell her, "Hey, there's a ticket waiting for you. Whatever, you can't do this anymore. You can't buy someone else a plane ticket like that." And, and um, it's very difficult anyway. And then uh, and then this will save Christmas. What was confusing with their scheme is it's just disgusting. Because everyone just starts coughing and hacking at this dinner scene. They're all like, bleh, bleh. and the girl gets like this really disgusted, like, I'm going to vomit face. Like, I'm like no, thank you. It made me think that just to help the actors along, they actually really dumped like a jar of hot sauce. <laughs> they, put, they put an entire ghost pepper into that stew. <laughs> just- well, and no one is no one is like, well, let's make more dinner. Yeah. <laughs> apparently they well. put apparently they put everything they had into that because they only apparently had frozen stuff, uh Pillsbury biscuits and or dinner rolls or whatever and ingredients to make milk chocolate milkshakes that is the only thing that will cure her father's uh sneezing. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, your father is sneezing cuz of spicy food. I'm going to have to go and make a chocolate milkshake." <laughs> His father is the most, like, gastronomically complicated individual I've ever seen. <laughs> well, you see, when I have very spicy food, I sneeze. And the only thing for it is a chocolate shake. If I don't get a chocolate shake, they I'm going to do it uncontrollably forever until I die. <laughs> they talk about having a bunch of food in the fridge, but they show the fridge, and it is exactly as empty as you would expect the fridge in a porn house to be. There's nothing in there. Um, so then, of course, instead of instead of buying... Uh, a ticket for the grandmother. He, under the guidance of, of Vanessa Angel, the Christmas spirit, he calls the grandmother instead, and the grandmother agrees to pay her own way, and then... Uh, well, if she's, she's using her Social Security money to get here. It's not really her money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that is one of the best parts to me, is when he calls the grandmother, and she hears a sneeze in the background... And goes, oh, is that oh, my yeah. son-in-law? <laughs> this is before she realizes that he's at her son-in-law's house. Before she realizes who this guy is, she just does. She anybody who calls, she hears a sneeze in the background and just automatically assumes that it's her son-in-law. Well, no, she's heard it so many uh, times because he eats anything spicy. Anywhere. Have you been feeding my son-in-law spicy food? <laughs> yeah, like if he eats like a hot uh, banana, he'll get like very, very spicy food. <laughs> They, uh, so, so, I mean, is that, uh, uh, one thing I will say is that we've been talking a lot about this movie, and one thing we haven't actually mentioned is, uh, is a dog, because 
despite this movie's title, there is not oh. really a dog in this movie. There's not really a... Well, there's definitely not a puppy. There is a dog, but you see it maybe... This dog does not want to be this movie. times total for, like, maybe a couple seconds each time. <laughs> it looks miserable each time it's shown on screen. Like, it wants to get out yeah, so they, bad. They, they made a dog out of a combination of mops and <laughs> old dogness smell. Like, it just looks like this sad little decrepit dog. I'm sure the dog is very nice. It is not a puppy in any way. No. There's no truth in advertising with these movies. The, the animals on the covers are always much, much cuter than what you get in the actual film. And, and this one is no exception. And the dog just is sitting on its bed. It never moves. It never really looks around. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of moments where you can tell the dog's alive because its head is up <laughs> and its eyes are open. But I mean, other than that, there's really no, there's no motion. There's no, there's no movement. It, it's just, it's just sitting there waiting for someone to stop filming it so we can go back to sleep. I, I, I want to mention the, before we get farther, th- this family is in like dire straits. Like their house is about to be foreclosed on. The reason they hadn't they hadn't left for Christmas and gone to visit the mother is because they have no money. The mother has writer's block. She hasn't written a book in a very long time. The father is uh, doing accounts work for his business, um, which is going to fire him as soon as he's finished because this is like packing up the boxes work. Like they're they're straightening all their stuff out before they close. Um, and this is the same business that that Riley's mother works for. So he's gonna get he's gonna get finish his work and then he'll be out of a job. And Riley's mom will also be out of a job. Um, and and a, just a, a sort of a larger David Deco two uh, movie universe. This is the same Winnie and possibly the same business that was involved that was in the Halloween puppy. They were making cheese puffs to go meet. Ugh. So this is actually there's actually a universe in which these these families are all kind of related. But <laughs> oh, the DDCU, David Duchovny uh, movie universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the the family is in some real problems, which makes it all the worse that she's telling her her not friend, some guy she just met. Hey, so could you please steal money from my broke family to send <laughs> <laughs> to send a plane ticket to my grandmother? You know, because I'm sure you know next day airfare bought on christmas eve that's not expensive <laughs> what's also very annoying yeah. is this this lady this grandma has a lot of money she moved to hawaii she moved to michigan and she's like no no this is not for me i'm gonna move to michigan so yeah she's got money for uh next day air travel for christmas day they, they all go to sleep and um ali thinks that he's done this that he's stolen the the money and then they wake up the next morning. Uh, Allie walks around the house wearing a very long scarf with her T-shirt. And um, and Riley has got up early and made coffee. And uh, everybody is missing a bunch of things. It's Everybody's useless like, things. It's like, who gives a shit? It's like a stress ball and like a pen. Like, who oh, gives a fuck? A stress ball, she, a pen, a mouse. The pen, that's the pen that she needs to write her next bestseller. Because that's apparently the pen that she used to write all of the previous books. That sold really well. Yeah, so she never the littlest dust ball soon enough. She has not, She had an idea talking with Riley for a... Christmas alien. Was like a Christmas alien, yeah. Which I thought, okay, yeah, that's... Area 51 takes it and then dissects them. The end. <laughs> we haven't even... We haven't even touched on the... 
the father's aversion to rain yet for oh. some reason that he has this hatred of rain and getting wet outside because he's trying to fix the gate which is broken uh somehow they realize that it's broken I, I thought it was only going to be sort of a cover to explain why riley well, they weren't climbing leaving. over the wall well no because oh, I, I, I was like oh riley climbed over the wall Maybe he's just going to say, oh, yeah, I tried the gate, but it was broken. And then they're going to realize, oh, wait a minute, it's not broken. Who are you? And then it sort of come to a head there. But no, the gate also happens to be broken for some reason. And uh, so then he goes out, tries to fix it, is is a failure at that. <laughs> and he's a failure at life. Then, <laughs> and then at some point, the, uh, the mom, Winnie, calls a gate repair company called Spirit Gate Repair, and it just so happens to be the Christmas spirit Hope on the phone. And my biggest... And a thoroughly unnecessary move. Yes, and my biggest my biggest question about that is, why is Hope putting on a fake accent? Because it's not like Winnie has ever talked to her before, so there's no reason that she well, needs to sound like this Eastern European woman. In a complicated backstory you're unaware of, in a previous, <laughs> like, ten years ago, when Winnie was younger... Hope enlisted her to give the Christmas spirit to a different family. <laughs> well, she doesn't want her to know that it's her again. So she's decided to be a French-Russian woman. I don't know what accent she was doing. <laughs> yeah, I think it was supposed to be Russian, or Eastern European at least. Yeah. Yeah. Something Iron Curtain-y. Um, yeah, and then and tell, she, and she tells Winnie, no, uh, don't try and fix the gate even because there we've had reports of people getting shocked. And so they just leave it. Right. Which, a, which that's not even, it's not necessary. Who is going to come out? This is, this is Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, no one's yeah. coming this time. Who's, this is not that unbelievable. They would not be able to get someone to come out and fix their gate. Yeah, they just say you have to wait till after Christmas, basically. We're, yeah. We'll send someone, but unfortunately you're trapped inside your house. Good luck. Fend for yourself. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you're trapped inside your house, or get a goddamn step stool. <laughs> Climb over Big, your tiny the other, wall. The other, yeah. Well, the, uh, that that brings up another good point that I kind of had with this uh, issue I had with this movie is so this takes place on December twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, essentially over a couple of days prior to leading up to Christmas. And early on in the movie, when we first meet Allie, she's looking out her window at her next-door neighbor guy, who we see there, and then he comes in at the end as well, who she obviously has a crush on. And he is only yeah, just... Yeah, Justin. He is only just now decorating for Christmas. Like, it's December 23rd, and he's out there wrapping Christmas lights around a palm tree in the rain. <laughs> Which is a horrible idea. <laughs> you could have picked literally any other time to do this than right now. And why is it not already done? Because obviously... If he likes Christmas enough to go out and decorate the stuff, he probably would have already done it. But it's like literally the only way that we can meet that character before the very end of the movie because there's no other time for him to show up. Also, is there a house next door? Because I've never seen a house from where they are. No, they never show the house that he supposedly lives in. I guess they, they have a very large, very large property. So like the house next door is like hundred yards away. Because because when it showed Justin from the window, I assumed I was like, oh, is that Riley who has just taken it upon himself to start <laughs> tying Christmas lights to their trees in an effort to boost the Christmas spirit this way? <laughs> and then I realized, oh no, it's a completely different character 
who I will not see in, the, in this movie again until the very end. I have to say, from from the other movie the cast is doing, the, the, the boy next door, her being attracted to the handsome young lad next door, I was I I was very afraid for her. <laughs> no, no. I'm even more afraid for the boy. She's a monster. She is terrible. Yeah, she she's is a terrible she, person. And she's she's terrible very, all the way through. Yeah, she's very stereotypically terrible. Like there's no there's no nuance or gradations to her terribleness. She it has just, no nice qualities. Strong. Yeah, it starts out strong and it just stays at that level basically all the way until the very end of the movie. There's something about the fact that she also that her room is like the room of a ten year old or an eight year old. Like when she sleeps with the stuff. To, I I you know I I had. Uh, female friends when I was in high school and even in college who had a couple of stuffed animals. They usually didn't have that many stuffed animals on their bed when they were sleeping. No, this room looks like the room of a, of a little girl. Like, this yeah. is not, there's nothing wrong with someone having a stuffed animal, but this was not that. Maybe this, this was, was supposed something. to be written for a little girl instead. But, Ew, that's creepy. Yeah. That wouldn't, <laughs> are that you, would be... are you, hey, 17 year old boy, are you, you come over because you're a friend of my eight year old daughter? <laughs> Well, why don't you come on and we'll talk about my career <laughs> and how my family is doing. I mean, if Riley had been aged down, then maybe if they were all if they were maybe both like twelve. Or this something, whole movie would be much worked. better if everyone was like eight years old. <laughs> they were just playing house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would like, be a five yeah. times more enjoyable movie. Not a lot, but just five times. <laughs> and if it were actually performed by middle school students, like as a play. Yeah. Well, it could be a play. It's just it's only got one setting, so you could easily, you could easily do everything on a stage. I will say one thing for this movie: it comes very close to preserving the Aristilian unities. <laughs> um, the Aristilian, <laughs> the, the, the 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 classic Greek theater uh, unity of time and 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 places. They're, they're all you know, it's, it's pretty tight and compact. So. I guess we should get back to them realizing that they have stuff missing and so, yeah, looking they ha- for they it. They have stuff missing, um, uh, which and they assume that it was Riley. But it's all garbage stuff, still. So, so who cares? Like, take it it's from the fucking dollar store. <laughs> who cares? It's a, they think Riley took their pen and mouse and stress ball and stuffed animal, and um, so. Allie is very mean to him and kicks him out of the house. Oh, and then Allie lets out that he used um, the father's credit card, and he can't find his wallet either, I guess, or can't find his credit card. But he can, and his, anyway. Like she doesn't reveal more of it. She keeps saying, he stole it, he stole it. She doesn't reveal her Machiavellian scheme to steal his, <laughs> the father's wallet. It's their bond that was beginning to form, she throws that shit right out. She betrays him instantly with a crazy plan that she concocted anyway. And so he goes home because, uh, you know, he's not trapped because he knows how to climb a three-foot, you know, drop. Not a big deal. <laughs> and uh, he, he goes home and it's still raining. And they look all over for their stuff because maybe he didn't take it. And then it occurs to them that uh, they can't find the dog either. Chompy. Chompy. Yeah, Chompy. Fuck Chompy off. the dog. Both, this is both not a puppy, and it's not a dog named Chompy. <laughs> the dog's name is not Chompy. It's then, so annoying, because they keep saying Chompy 
over and over yeah, and over that's again. That's the thing. They don't, I don't think they name the dog at all up until the very end of the movie when they're looking for it. And once they name the dog, they do not stop saying the dog's name. There was one other spot really early on where they say the dog's name, but I could have sworn they said Chumpy. <laughs> which makes more sense anyway. So I thought it was Chumpy for a while. And they said, no, ch- Chompy, Chompy, and just over and over, Chompy. And then finally they realized that the one place they haven't looked is outside, which apparently means the dog has somehow been opening the sliding glass door. <laughs> that also does not make any sense. And hid their stuff outside in the fire pit. <laughs> So I was thinking, oh, so the dog self-immolated and yeah, the dog <laughs> just find a way out of the movie. <laughs> it has to get out of this. It has to get out of this somehow. Okay, here's what you, you dog. Have, you have two options to get out of this house. You either jump this wall or you throw yourself into the fire. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so then, so basically, they find don't they find all of their stuff in the fire pit? Yeah, yeah. It was very yeah. solved very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Even all though it's like a ten minute pit. search. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, they go on that long search for the dog, trying to locate it, and with with the scene of Winnie in the kitchen looking in cabinets like way off the the ground, the cabinets yeah, like cabinets up near the ceiling. Yeah, like this dog doesn't have thumbs. Like it's not like a again, it's not a magic, not a magic dog. Like <laughs> well, Halloween I mean, dog. kind of it is at the we learn at the end. Spoiler alert! Well, it's, but <laughs> it's sentient, so I feel yeah. very sorry for the dog because apparently I quit. You you said. Josh, I think you said the whole time you were waiting for like for the angel, the spirit to like possess the dog. Yeah, I was expecting because because it would cut to a shot of the dog, and then it would cut to a shot of Hope standing on the second floor looking down on them. And I was thinking, okay, so here's the moment where Hope is going to turn into a ball of glowing light and jump into the dog, and then make the dog start doing things, or the dog's going to start talking or whatever. Or yeah, at least like talk to the dog. It turns out they're old friends, and that's why she's trying to save the house, maybe because like the dog is her buddy. Yeah, and or she makes the dog explode because it's Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the whole thing is actually about giving Christmas spirit to the dog. (laughs) <laughs> They're try- just trying to convert this Jewish dog. Like, it'd be funny if the whole movie's like, no, no, what are you doing? I said, get the dog happy, not these fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would make more sense as to why they're spending so much time with this family. Uh, like, the dog is the, the important one. The dog's been contemplating suicide, jumping into the fire pit, <laughs> and she's just trying desperately to get him to cheer the dog up before it commits suicide, and he fails, which is why they find the dog skeleton in the fire pit the next <laughs> <laughs> With all his favorite worldly possessions around him, it's very sad. <laughs> they come, they come back from the fire pit, and then the dog is just laying there on the not moving the again, just slowly moving its head a little bit, like looking at all these people, like I'm so scared. This this dog has every bit of the charisma of a talking cat. Yeah, um, but the, but I will say that Duffy walks around more, like even though it's the same shot over and over again. There, there's still there's motion still movement happening. Yeah, there's, he looks at things. He, I don't think this dog would chase a laser pointer. I don't think no. it would. It's, it's had its time in the sun. This is its retirement years. Yeah. So then... Uh, Grandma shows up, right? She wants to know why Riley isn't there. And they're like, oh, well, we were a jerk to that guy because we thought he stole our stuff. Oh, th- then, there, there's, this, there's this great part where she 
when she shows up, she sits down and starts going through their Christmas card. Oh, oh I yeah. Think that's what it is. It's the Christmas card that has the really crappy clip art on the front of it. Um, but she starts going through their Christmas card and it's kind of criticizing it, sound, saying that it sounds like a press release. And she has this really kind of snide remark to She breaks her daughter, shit down for that family. <laughs> to her daughter. She's like, oh... I uh, haven't written another book yet, I see. Well, you keep using that line over and over again. Like, she's just, she slams her daughter for not having written a new book yet. And then everyone's asking, like, so, so when are you leaving, Nana? <laughs> even even the, uh, the 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 granddaughter, even Allie, she's like, Allie is challenging herself at school with, you know, her new classes this year. And then she's like, really, Allie? Have you challenged yourself at all? Like, Wow. Wow. Do you want my inheritance, Allie? Step up your fucking game. (laughs) Presents are for winners, Allie. Winners. Always be challenging. (laughs) Always be Christmasing. She gets them to bring Riley back, right? Like, she she tells them that Riley needs to be there or they're not going to have Christmas dinner, essentially. Right, yeah. Yeah, she says to her her son-in-law, I hope you like eating your shoes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, you can go to your room, Nana. We're going to eat food if he's not here. We don't care. <laughs> I'm going to dump sriracha over your shoes and shove them down your goddamn throat. If you don't get that boy back. She's weirdly attached to the kid. I, I'm pretty sure. So is so is up. Winnie. Winnie and, and Riley have this very long, very oh, yeah. flirty yeah. conversation when they first meet after she... Puts a bandaid on his his bruised elbow. They oh, they talk. Good. They are they are. She is gazing longingly at him and laughing at his jokes and like it's very much. Well, she sees all the years pass. I, <laughs> I think they make it pretty clear that uh, the father has been neglecting his family. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not been around. Well, it, seriously, the next morning when they wake up, um, they're together and they clearly had sex and. She's like, let's just let's just stay here and lay for a while. It's like they like she basically is like it's been a long time since. It was really weird when he just threw out his full condom out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he Merry Christmas. Just, just ties it up, whips it across the room, and it falls into the wastebasket. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what? Riley and his uh, well, yeah, Riley and his mom show up, and that's just a weird a weird scene because. Because oh, no, no, first though that to to arrange oh that's that, right yeah, yeah yeah to arrange that because because apparently Riley has told Betty everything and I mean everything including that a Christmas spirit came and made him do this so <laughs> yeah. he's told Betty everything that was not a good move but whatever so and uh, so Betty says why don't you call Riley's house and go over here. And he says, you, or she says to the dad, you know, his mom works for the same company that you're about to put out of business with your, your, your work, your company that you're helping to close down. And he says, oh, I didn't realize that. And then um, he calls the company and they make her come and deliver like accounting data to him, <laughs> like accounts payable information. That's how he gets the mother and – and the kid over. He has a car sent for them to bring him over to his house. That's fucked up. Like, <laughs> she thinks she's coming there to possibly get yelled at, maybe? To have to deliver, like, you know. Like, she's not going to be in a good mood when she goes over there. 
Yeah, and then when she gets there, he's just like, nah, that's kind of boring. Let's eat dinner instead. <laughs> How about instead of that stuff where you thought, you know, a horrible 20-minute meeting was going to happen, instead of that, let's all just sit down and have a nice dinner. Or maybe she thought, oh, he wants to talk to me. Maybe this is good news. Maybe something's happened and, and they found a way to keep the, the company going. <laughs> and then she gets there and realizes, nope, just dinner. Should have canceled that job interview. <laughs> shouldn't have just, shouldn't have insisted on those on those cheese puffs for the last gig. So then they all have they all have dinner, and um, they decide that they're going to. This are two final scenes. The the family, I guess, decides that they're going to start a new business because they're broke and their house is being foreclosed. So they have plenty of money to start a new business. <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. They're going to start a new business. Which is revolve, uh, revolving around a new book the mom is going to write. <laughs> but they're getting yeah. hit in the housing market, and then a, a title pops on the screen and goes, 2008. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the mom is going to write The Puppy Who Stole Christmas, which is based on, I'm going to keep calling him Chumpy. And then uh, Betty and uh, Riley who are the real love story of the movie, if you ask me. <laughs> Betty and Riley have have a meeting, and uh, she tells Riley that, in fact, uh, the reason she believed that it, the Christmas spirit story was true is because her husband always told her this story about meeting her because of being told to do so by a Christmas spirit named Faith. So... His Christmas spirit being named Hope, like, she bought that. That made sense to her. So I guess because she thought that he had the same kind of schizophrenia as her late husband. This <laughs> <laughs> very similar hallucination. This, this is they must when, have both been telling the truth. This is when the movie had the chance to pull a, a, a twist worthy of M. Night Shyamalan, where it revealed that Riley is actually imbued with the spirit of her dead husband. Oh, <laughs> so I would love that so much. To get them back together. And he's using the, the help of the Christmas spirits to make this reunion happen. And but Josh, they... are you saying you didn't watch the post-credit sequence? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we see the, we see the grandpa's uh, force ghost, and, and, and he you know waves goodbye, and um, then they fade off. That's the ending. <laughs> and then Nick Fury shows up and goes, the world's so much bigger than you think. I'm fitting a, <laughs> I'm fitting a team together. We're calling ourselves the Christmas ghost. Yeah, and that's Riley's power is he can summon up Christmas ghosts to, I don't know, throw um, fortune cookies at the evildoers. It was, it is, well, Riley's dress up in the scene is like the worst thing because he's like got a dresser shirt on that's untucked. He's got like jeans, but then he has like this tie and it's so terrible. He's got the top unbuttoned and I think he has the button underneath that unbuttoned, but his tie is just like hanging loose, but they're both hanging loose in different directions. Like his... Uh, smaller part of the tie is like hanging loose left. The other big tie is like hanging right. I'm like, what are you doing, kid? Fix it. Oh my god. I did literally want to like twist his tie around to fix his tie a little bit. Yeah, the back part is coming out. It was embarrassing. Where's the wardrobe department here? Come on. (laughs) These are all their own clothes. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the movie, right? Like, I mean, it just sort of ends at that point. Like, the, well, oh, oh, the dog oh, narrates the end. We have the narrate. We have the closing narration. This is again. This is a this is a half hour bottle episode of a sitcom stretched out to feature length. 
and and it's not there isn't anything quite as quite as kooky crazy. I mean, this is four, but there isn't anything quite as kooky crazy as as a talking cat. There would have been if the dog kept talking. Yeah, I, I think uh, if the dog talked throughout the movie, there would have been something more there that could have been a little more interesting. Or if maybe uh, if like I had hoped was going to happen, Hope had possessed the dog. Or had possessed Riley, or possessed something, possessed the Christmas tree, and have that thing talk. Like I would have been okay with that, um, but it, there's just nothing that is quite. Even though there's magic in this movie, there's not anything that really is magical enough. I mean, in, in a talking cat, we have the cat that talks for no real reason. There's no there's no reason behind it, but it does. And we have the weirdness of the the weird, you know, black diamond mouth that opens and Eric Roberts' weird narration. And we've got, you know, the magical Jesus uh, collar and all that magic. So there's there's that stuff there. But this one, yeah, there's a Christmas spirit, but it doesn't really do anything. It just sort of shows up and disappears. let's, 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 Let's be clear about the magic in this movie. Two magical things happen. No, three magical things happen in this movie. A young man is um, has his clothes changed into an elf outfit. Fortune cookie hits him. A, <laughs> a, a, a Christmas spirit answers the phone. Yeah. And a Christmas spirit frames a, a boy and a dog for theft. Yeah. Those are the three magical things that happened in this movie. Wait, did she None do that? None of them are worth making a movie. Or was it the dog yeah, who's doing the, it? No, the, the dog says... As you can figure it out, I didn't actually steal Christmas. So, yeah, because she says that she and and Hope are friends or something. Yeah, they went to college together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were they they roomed together. They they were in the same dorm, and uh, <laughs> that explains the dog. The dog is like thirty years old. Yeah, <laughs> but, I hate that but, dog yeah, so much. They don't you really, have no idea. Yeah, she just says that they knew each other, but that's it. They're old drinking buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dog looks very hard up right now. It's seen some years. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that this one, and we don't, uh, and obviously in, in a, a magic puppy or a Halloween puppy, whatever title you want to use, uh, that one, somebody, they literally do a spell that turns a person into a dog. So there, there's, yeah. there's something, there's like explicit stuff there, and there is magic in this movie. But I guess that brings up a good point of this having had a different title. Which is Christmas spirit, which makes, which makes way so much more, more sense. Oh, yeah. sense than a Christmas puppy, because as we've said, there's barely a dog in this movie, and <laughs> the dog is barely there too. Yeah, and yeah. even in the on the cover of a Christmas spirit, uh, there is a there is a dog which looks closer to the dog that's actually in the movie, but it's not the same dog, but it looks a little bit closer. And all of the cast is there, and it actually looks like it is legitimately representing the movie that you're about to watch. Although he, Riley, is in his elf costume, which he wears for maybe a minute like or two, two minutes, minutes yeah. of the screen yeah. time. Yeah. So That, but, that does make me wonder if, if there weren't two versions of this script or an original concept that actually had the dog more involved, but then they could not get a dog actor again, and they just, you know... One of the teamsters had a dog. <laughs> it's like, sure, let's use your old dog. You can't really do anything. Well, we'll fix the script. Oh, yeah, it's not really play. cute. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. He can't move his head anymore. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You had to kick everyone's bowels every hour or so. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We'll just we'll have someone wipe the pillow once. We only we'll, we'll we'll just shoot him one time, one time with the pillow for five minutes. Well, the the best part, uh, and I mean we've mentioned it numerous times, but the best part on Amazon is that the majority of the reviews of this movie point out the fact that there is no dog. And that people seem very upset by how deceptive the title is. Uh, like one of them that I, I saw was one called it one of the worst movies they'd ever seen, which I don't think is very fair because it's not really that bad. It's just sort of bland and simple without really being offensive or anything or alienating or anything like that. It's just kind of a bland movie. So I think that's kind of wrong, but uh, this person says it's completely deceptive. The puppy on the cover is not in this movie. There's one of these old Maltese seen for about 10 seconds at the end of this dreadful excuse that has nothing to do with dogs whatsoever. It has to do with bad actors and a bad script and bad characters in a tacky house. Uh, I don't want to rip uh, uh, Paul Shear's second opinions off. We'll call it alternative assessments. There you go. Uh, yeah, but that was just too the much. One, but, but well, but, but, yeah. but no, yeah. There, there are. I, I, I did want to look at the. We talked about before, like so, the Amazon reviews, and uh, and yeah, you're right. The number of the almost all the negative ones are angry because there's no puppy. Yeah, <laughs> they they felt lied to by that title. Now I think if they had watched it under the A Christmas Spirit title, there might have been less irrational anger because it's not promising something. That isn't there. So one shocking thing is that everyone is really mad at puppy. The other is that there are only fourteen Amazon reviews. That's that's one of the lowest I've seen for a movie that's any kind of movie that's been out for four years now. This is its fourth Christmas being available. It's on Hulu. Check it out, guys. Um, <laughs> you don't have to get the DVD uh, like like we did from 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 Santa Darren. Um, but if you uh, if you look at Amazon, there are only 14 reviews. Um, almost all, like, there's like one two-star and a couple of five-star joke, clearly, clearly joke reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and all the rest are one star. What I found out uh, looking through uh, the Netflix and Amazon suggestions uh, after a Halloween puppy that I wasn't aware of, but, um, but uh, Nick Healy was not surprised about it at all, is that this is a whole incredibly populated subgenre of movies of like shitty animal movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I had no idea how many there were. So many. <laughs> there uh, <laughs> funny a funny thing then, uh, because I uh as we watched the DVD, uh and then maybe I, I focused on this a little more closely than than you guys did when we watched these together. Uh, all of us separately at the same time, but I actually watched the trailers <laughs> for uh, the movies ahead of uh, A Christmas Puppy, and all of the trailers were about movies with animals in them. There, there was yeah. a, a young spunky kid with uh, a, a spunky dog, and or some sort of thing like that, and that's pretty much how it happened. There was one that is specifically about uh, a series of dog dance competitions uh, and they need to win the competition in order to save some dog dance school. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, that, that that's, just let that's it a burn. Huge Who cares? It's a, it's a slobs versus snobs comedy about a dog dance school. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Animal House, but this time it's for real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, this was, I mean, I've said it enough, but it wasn't, there wasn't just enough goofiness to it to really, to really give it much of a recommendation, unfortunately for me. No, I, I actually was more interested in, um, in Amazon's suggestion of, uh, uh, another dog Christmas movie up on the rooftop. <laughs> no, thank you. Actually... Which, which, not rated, by the way. Ooh, uh, so I'm kids. assuming there's boobs. <laughs> uh, at some point, the dog snaps off all three of its bras. Um, I, I actually was more interested in that. Uh, the, the it was just terrible. I didn't even see that much of our our slumming has been. So I, I, I before I said there were a few things I was expecting to see. We said we saw the porn house. There were grumpy teens, an awkward romance, a dog, and no puppy. The the puppy was not voiced very much, but the little puppy. The porn house we saw. Um, we did not see Christine DeBell. I was very sad about that. No, but we got uh, but we got Marsha from from the Brady Bunch, so that was right. sort of like a stand-in almost. Yeah, but because she was playing Riley's Riley's mother and not um, she wasn't there very much. No, she was barely in the movie. Uh, not enough goofy sound effects. No. I think that actually might have saved this movie if there had been if they'd really peppered it with the goofy sound effects, um, that or you know had like more stuff with the with the puppy. There was there was some good music where they were doing the uh, spicing the food, and they were going to steal the dad's credit card. There was like a mariachi version of Mission Impossible. Yes, <laughs> that was so annoying. <laughs> and and that I I would. I would put that on my phone. <laughs> that was good. I want that. It was like it was like uh, every note but the last note of the Mission Impossible theme. Like do 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 like they just kind of played around with the Mission Impossible theme, but clearly they began with that and then added and subtracted to it. But then they made it like. They had a mariachi band play it, and that was great. <laughs> I hated yeah. this movie so much. This was not fun to watch. This is this is like a phone movie for me. Where I'm just on my phone, it's not even background noise because it just bothers me so much. I could just hear it. I'm like, just end, end. And then this is a movie you're hoping like maybe there's ten minutes of credits, so you don't have to watch that much more. But it's it sufferingly really- short credits, three minutes of credits. So I had to yeah. basically watch an hour and twenty minutes for real. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. There was really run. It was like uh, it was like one twenty-five, uh, an, an, an hour and twenty-five minutes of, of runtime. It was. So I, yeah, I this is I guess the So I guess the biggest question is, did this ruin your Christmas? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a. I'll give it a a sort of semi ruined. I'll have to go watch something else now to sort of. Make my Christmas better. I'll tell you what. Uh, what I mean, this is this, this is actually going to really break people down. But um, so I, my replacement for Christine DeBell was Janet Carroll, who played Grandma Betty, who was a total, <laughs> okay. who was a total gilf, uh, or jilf. 
I don't want to, you know, I'll repronounce it as fine. And, and she looked like, she looked familiar to my penis. And, uh, I checked IMDb and found out, in fact, she played, this is like going back into sitcom history here, but if you watched Murphy Brown, she played Jim Dial's wife. And then I think at one point they got divorced or separated. She played, um, Janice might have been her name, but she played the wife of the male news anchor on FYI, the, the fictional news show of Murphy Brown. And they did an episode where she was like working at a, at a cabaret and she sang a incredibly sexy version of brother. Can you spare a dime? <laughs> <laughs> Doris. That was her name, Doris. And so I went to her IMD page and found that out. And then I also found out that she passed away six months after this movie was shot. That's so sad. <laughs> so this was like her last, this is like her third to the last credit, but it was like one of the very, very last things she did. That was like so. finding out when we're watching Entourage, we got to uh, season three, like episode five. They had uh, Bruno Kirby on, and I don't know if you know him. He was in City Slickers 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His last credit was an Entourage. And his last scene uh, on this earth in anything else was screaming, I want my doll! <laughs> it's just so sad when that's your last credit. Oh, I was going to say, so my theory is this entire movie is taking place because at the end, you know, she's going to write The Puppy Who Stole Christmas, and that book has to happen. That is the reason why it's that family. Like Lady yeah, in the Water. Like, this family has to be saved. So that basically that book is the new Bible, basically. That's what happens. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this is the gospel according to Christmas Puppy. Listen, I don't want to live in a world where my being is dictated <laughs> by this stupid children's book. Well, you know. That I'm, you would, that that you would I'm get. I'm sorry. Let it that all burn. That's what I say. And then immediately throw in the garbage. <laughs> there was another review, an, an IMDb review that I thought was was very funny that was all was was a seemed like a legitimate we said seemed like a legitimate positive review uh, by J Tomlinson 48204 from Malibu so like right around the corner uh, it has two titles I noticed it is too bad that some Scrooge ah uh, uh, holiday appropriate <laughs> some Scrooge slammed a perfectly good movie because he got his panties in a wad over a title. This movie is respectfully accurate for the genre. I don't know what, other than like Christmas movies with animals, I don't know what Jonathan said. For the genre, even if not so much about the dog's age. So I mean like, maybe all of these movies lie about the dog. Uh, <laughs> the dog is, or whatever animal. The dog is an integral part of the movie. That's not true. I enjoy curling up in bed with the dogs and taking in a few of these movies this time of year. Okay, so this person's insane. Every year, <laughs> they curl up with their dogs and watch a bunch of shitty holiday dog movies. The guy who plays the husband is gorgeous. Sure. This is also not true, but okay. I don't know. He I'm was not, he was a good looking dad. I thought he's not ugly. No, you know he's yeah he's like a good looking, but like not. I wouldn't say gorgeous. That's carrying it too far. <laughs> and the fact that he was scared of the rain also made me yeah <laughs> feel like, come on, man, just get an umbrella and and it's not handy at all. No, thank you. No, he's <laughs> definitely not handy. I kept trying to place the house in Malibu, and I think I do know which one it is. That makes it fun too. So it's really fun for people who live in this neighborhood. <laughs> if you live near a porn mansion, this is the movie for you. 
it's a quirky romantic no no it's not it's not romantic fantasy christmas movie merry christmas that was my that was my favorite review i think that's the perfect note to end on and let us go watch a much better christmas movie Andrew, you said you were going to watch anything. Anybody else? Is there another? What's what's your antidote? Well, I watched after this uh, very Murray uh, Christmas special. Oh, that's good. That's on Netflix. It was now. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Watch that. Uh, let's see. For watch me, anything else? I have. I have. Uh, I mean, I will definitely probably watch since today, of course, is the twenty-four hours of a Christmas story. I'm sure I'll catch at least one or two of those showings. Throughout the day, um, I don't know. I, I like. I, I'm a huge fan. If we want to talk about good, bad Christmas movies, I'm a huge fan of Jingle All the Way. Oh, so love that movie. Oh, it's so terrible. That's definitely on rotation for me. Oh. Usually, every he's year. got the doll. He's got the doll. <laughs> Jamie, it's Jamie. It's, it's such a good bad. Jamie Kennedy, get down. <laughs> that movie could easily have a talking animal in it, and it would not seem out of place at all. And technically, it kind it of does. does because the reindeer does kind of make human-like noises you started uh, later it. on in the movie. <laughs> so, oh my god, I'm not watching that movie so now. It's so much fun. Yes, Arnold hits that reindeer so hard that it can talk. It uh, so, yeah, that's what I would watch. What about you, Park? I, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to showing my son. Uh, They'll, they'll, my family will come visit to our remote cabin where we're opening our gifts. Um, I'm, I'm going to show my son, who's about a year and a half old, uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol, which uh. he's too young to really understand. But he watches Sesame Street, so he likes Muppets. So I think he will, he will enjoy it. And maybe we'll watch a little bit of Gremlins, which has a dog that can actually act. <laughs> Good Both choices. are great. Yeah. Good choices all around. Well, that was fun, guys. I'm glad we watched that movie together and talked about it. Let's burn these uh, DVDs and Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> let's smash these things. Let's throw them in the fire to keep I the was, fire going. Let's take going. off the fire pit outside and then jump in with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do point, Christmas yeah. anymore. Let's just, uh, this is it. <laughs> it's, I think what we'll do is we'll make sure to light the chimney next Christmas so when Santa comes back, we'll burn his ass. <laughs> we'll burn him alive. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for thank having you. me in your cabin. Yes, that was <laughs> that was wonderful. It was not the best Christmas ever, but for it a, was a pretty good one. A slightly more horrifying version of cabin. If we didn't have to deal with that horrible movie and I just had wonderful company like you guys, it would be all right. Yeah. So let's enjoy the rest of our wonderful Christmas in this beautiful cabin next to this beautiful roaring fire where we've thrown these movies. Ow! Fuck, I just got hit by a fortune cookie. <laughs> Shit, Christmas spirit. Oh no. It says I'm coming for you. Be prepared. <laughs> Faith, hope, and Krampus. Oh no. The cabin's burning down. <laughs> We're burning alive because of this dumb dumb movie. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. God save us everyone. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast presents The Christmas Puppy, the A Talking Cat bonus episode that nobody ever asked for. I was your host, the improbably named Park Parkinson, with my guests, Andrew Schwartz and Josh Hollis. If you enjoyed Andrew's commentary, check out his podcast, Talking About Turtle, your one-stop shop for Entourage Schlop. You can find more of Josh and his artwork at joshhollis.com. And don't forget to check out our sister podcast, where I sometimes host, The Cast Next Door, where we discuss the sizzling J-Lo micro-thriller, The Boy Next Door, minute by exquisite minute. Executive producers, Darren Husted and Sarah Cantor. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Edited by Josh Hollis. A Christmas Puppy is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. Thank you.